What's up and welcome to Dungeon Driver. I'm your host Trevor Bettis and this is a show where I drive home from work and talk about Dungeons and Dragons using either a topic that I bring or a question, topic, or suggestion written in by listeners like you. Hey, how's it going? Uh, so, quick bit before we jump into today's topic. Uh, the news I said yesterday where in Isle Champions, Rosie Beestinger and uh, Strix are currently available. They're not currently available. And I was very sad to find that when I got home. They are going to be going live tomorrow, apparently. Uh, last I had heard it was going to be on the 18th, but I guess that got moved and I didn't see it, but I found it on Reddit today. So hopefully tomorrow. So if you guys are into that game, check that out. Anywho, uh, like I said on yesterday's episode, today's topic is going to be similar to yesterday's, but I'm going to be talking about how to run a homebrew campaign. Now, again, I will give the, the, uh, the preface. This is how I would run a homebrew campaign since I'm currently not right now. I'm doing pre-writtens. And this is just some techniques that you can decide to use, alter, just hear someone else's perspective. This isn't a, for sure, this is how you do it. There's no real set way to DM besides, you know, making sure everybody has a good time. So um, for this, we're going to have uh, like a, we're, we're just going to assume that I have already done the world building. If you want to hear, uh, some more on world building, I have a whole episode dedicated to that, which seems to be very popular. So <laughs> I guess, uh, you guys are liking that one. Hopefully this will be in that same vein. Um, so yeah, if you want more on world building itself, go ahead and check out that episode. But for this one, we're going to assume that I have already done all of that. I have my world and, uh, I, I know enough about it to start working on the game. Uh, really, when I get to this point, um, you know, like by now, I know who my players are going to be. Uh, you know, we have an idea of when we're going to start the campaign. I do like to to talk to the players beforehand and give it a little bit before we start the game, uh, namely because um, I want to do some uh, some prep with those players in mind, because odds are I know them well enough that I can do some prepping around them. If it's a whole group of new players, uh, I might take a little bit of extra time, you know, try and get to know them and stuff like that. And um, that way I can, I can build towards what I think they're going to like. But this brings me to two really big options uh, that are, is going to shape how I do this. And that is simply, you know, a either or. And that is either will this have an overall arcing story, like a plot that I am setting down, or will this be player driven? Um, these two are really big. Um, and, you know, it, it, getting into it, it uh, if you want to get into mechanical terms, it's will this be structured or will this be a sandbox? So... Because uh, they take very different prep, in my opinion. Uh, you know, for the so let, let, let's let's talk about the player-driven one first. Uh, if it's going to be player-driven, um, I'm going to try and figure out. Um, I, I, I'm going to try to figure out more about the world 
that they're working on. Like I said, I've already done world building, but I'm going to get a little bit more focused on it so that I know more about where they are starting. Um, yeah, I like if I if I know who my players are going to be and I know that the if I have the idea that, you know, they're all going to start in the same place, I've probably talked to them about this beforehand. I will ask players like, hey, do you guys want to have known each other beforehand or do you want to got, do you guys want to be meeting up for the first time? So let's say that they already know each other and together. So I will at least pick the starting area where they're going to be, where it's going to pick up. And I will just start building out options for them. Uh, just uh, it, this, my, my post-it method from the last episode does not work in this situation. For this, I am most likely using Scrivener uh, on my computer and I am just filling it with folders and files and options. So like for the starting area, like if it's a town, I might have, you know, different monster quests that they can go on. Uh, if it's, if it's sandboxy, I might make it sandboxy enough to be like, Hey, here's a, uh, here's a monster quest that you're obviously not ready for. And if they take it, you know, then bad stuff might happen. Um, but I, I will build out that I will build out some characters, uh, you know, some comic reliefs, maybe, uh, figure out how I'm going to do these first couple of sessions. And, but really it's just the first session. Um, yeah, I, I will, you know, figure out what could happen in the first one. And after that, I'm not going to do anything until I've sat down and played a game with my players. So I can see, you know, if we did a session zero, so I can figure out what their story is, what their goals are, uh, where they're from, what what's going on with them. And then, you know, um, prep wise, it's going to be just reminders about those um, because it's player driven. I'm not really going to go in with an idea of what I'm going to do that session because the players are really the ones that are going to do it. I'm mostly going to sit down at the beginning of each game and go, all right, you guys are in the town uh, that you kind of called home. Uh, you're at the tavern drinking. What do you do? What do you want to do? And that's where we'll kick it off and go from there. So I will really just have notes of like, Uh, Like, okay, the Star Wars game that I ran, that was completely open sandbox. Uh, What I would do is I would have a note that just said something just like, uh, Kyle's bounty hunter shows up. Because that was his, for Edge of the Empire, that was his obligation, was that he had a bounty on his head. And that there was a specific bounty hunter after him. So I would write down somewhere, Kyle's bounty hunter shows up. And I don't know where that is. I don't know when that is, but when I find an applicable moment, I will throw them in there and it will, you know, cause havoc somehow. So prepping for a player, player driven, uh, homebrew game is a lot of improv and don't be afraid of improving some world building while you're playing. Because this is your world, and if this is player-driven, this is really also your player's world. So you need to be okay with the idea that your players ask you a question about the world that you don't know, and you just go with the first thing that pops into your head. Um, And 
it's, it's a little nerve wracking. It's a little, you know, you get kind of nervous about it, but just do it and keep trying it. And eventually you're going to get to the point where you can make those quick decisions and it, your players aren't even going to know that you're sitting there thinking about it and considering it and didn't know it beforehand. Um, but as far as running the overall campaign, um, you know, again, you don't have, you're not going to have any kind of structure to this. Um, so when your players do something, this is where it's really important to have consequences for actions because as much as it's, you know, we call it a sandbox. And, you know, when you think of that, you think of like, you know, recess and do whatever the hell you want. But, you know, this is also a story where there's got to be drama and stuff. So they, the players shouldn't just get away with everything. The players shouldn't just, you know, uh, stop a, uh, a rebellion uh, and, ha- and there be no consequences for it. You can build out these overarching villains uh, through the decisions that your players make. If they piss someone off and... Um, you know, they, they do something, they stop someone and you just threw in this NPC, but you realize, oh wow, that would really upset them. You can bring them back later and, uh, have them be like this really, you know, evil person. And that, you know, is a, is a connection for your players. Like, oh shit, because we did this, this guy is now doing this. Um, and what's fun about that is that you didn't do that. You didn't sit there and write that villain or anything like that. It was because that's what your players did. And there's a lot of fun to that. It kind of feels running a, a sandbox campaign kind of feels to me like a Saturday morning cartoon where just crazy stuff is happening, but then suddenly that one random NP that one random character that didn't seem like they were important at all is like suddenly massively important and uh, at the end of the season is the one that's screwing everything up. I love it. And, and you can really get some good, you know, mustache twirling villains out of this, if that's your deal. Um, but, you know, what, okay. Uh, but doing that sort of thing is, is, is a fun way to run a, uh, a sandboxy game. Uh, let me see what I wrote down here. Do, do, do. Okay. Um, so the next note that I had was, uh, I had dead air there. Great. That's awesome for podcasts. Good job, Trevor. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so I have to make a stop. So we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, I'm going to be talking about how to run uh, a structured uh, homebrew game. And so I'll see you in six seconds. And we're back. All right. So doing a, a homebrewed campaign with a with a story arc uh, is very different from doing a sandbox one, obviously. Said it anyways. So what I will do with this is when I've decided that this is the route I'm going to go, I know the players that I'm going to have. I will write a very vague, rough outline of the campaign, or at least the the first arc of the campaign. You know, like maybe there's a big bad guy. Uh, the the it doesn't have to be this overarching, you know, Game of Thrones size storyline. 
it just has to be something that will keep your, you know, your players interested for, you know, uh, at least a couple tens of sessions. So I will write that down uh, and fully knowing, fully knowing that that is probably going to go to hell. The likelihood of that rough outline actually going as I see it is so small. So freaking small because if I, I can sit there and, you know, shoot out an outline all I want, but my players have had zero input on that. And during a game, they have all of the input on that. So uh, I, I, I will know where I want things to go. I know what things I want uh, to to push my players towards. It, it, it's kind of like writing your own, you know, pre-written campaign without as much detail because it's okay if you just improvise stuff on the fly, whereas a pre-written campaign, they try to, you know, answer all of those possible questions for you uh, in that book. And, you know, they're like, okay, well, this happens then, this happens then. And obviously, you know, you're, you're not leaving this all up to your players. You're going to have things happen when you want them to happen, but uh, your players will throw in wrenches, as you probably very well know. Uh, so I will write that outline and then the next thing that I'll do is write the first, uh, session, uh, knowing where I I want them to go and having an idea of what the first couple of sessions are going to look like. But I don't go any further than that really, uh, because I, I, again, I want to know what the players have for their characters. I want to know their stories and all that stuff so that I can start weaving those in as well. Because even though this is a story that I am writing myself, it is, again, just like the player one, this is very much about them as well. They're the heroes. Their stories are just as important to what's going on. Uh, (laughs) Siri's trying to talk to me. Um, So, yeah, I will sit down and do that. And once we've played that first game, um, I will, you know, I, I, I basically do that every session. I don't really sit down and plan out games ahead of time, uh, like, you know, far ahead of time, because there's so many things that could change and happen that I kind of see it for me as a waste of time. Having any expectation of where my players are going to end up four sessions uh, from where I'm writing is unreasonable because you know, they, they could decide to go in a different direction. They could take longer in something than I expect them to. Uh, they could side with someone that I never would have thought they would have sided with. Uh, so doing that isn't going to help me because it's just going to make me feel like I wasted time. Um, if you've noticed a lot of my prep and a lot of how I run games is session to session. And I, I really do recommend that because it will save your sanity. It will save you some stress and it will save you some time. And that's weird to say, because, you know, it sounds like I'm taking it more time by not prepping the stuff ahead of time. But if I prep stuff ahead of time, my players do something different. Then I have to spend that time all over again, doing something new. So playing especially homebrew games where you're the one that's in control of the world and story and everything 
playing it really loose and just going with the flow on things is probably the best advice I can give you because you, you can't, I'm trying to think of where, where I'm, where where I'm trying to say here. You can't just go in there and, you know, write everything out. Cause like I've said in the past, you're writing a novel if you think you're doing that. So, but you, but doing a pre-written storyline just means that these are, you're in a way, actually, now that I think about it, you're writing the villain's storyline. Like, let's say for this instance, I have a big bad guy. Um, all of that, that's basically my character. I'm writing all of the stuff that they're doing because the players have no say over what they're doing. They're reacting to what that villain is doing. And, you know, but, you know, some people say that, you know, well, not some people, a lot of people say that that's why, like, DC uh, villains are more popular than DC heroes because most DC heroes are reacting to what the villain is doing rather than being proactive and, you know, the, you know, going against them and stuff like that. It's so that's a fine way to run an RPG and it will kind of give it a superhero thing, but you get to write all the stuff that they're doing in the background. And then you're also writing, you know, having, having an idea of like what stuff's going on in the town they're going to come up to. That sort of stuff is fine because that's, that's prep work for your future knowledge. But sitting down and planning out a session ahead of time, I don't think is a very good idea. But you can you can sit down and plan out town after town after town and cities and kingdoms and, you know, uh, dungeons. Um, again, can't recommend enough. Draw dungeons. It's so much fun. Uh, doing stuff like that, totally fine. And I highly recommend that. But um, I, I think doing sessions, you know, before the week before you go do it might be a better fit for that. And, you know, even with my pre-written campaigns, that's what I do because they may be pre-written, but my players aren't. Uh, but so th- that, there's that. I, uh, I, th- those are the ideas that I wrote down today. Um, I'm sure there's more to it. And like I've said before, if need be, I can do a sequel episode of this. Uh, but I would love to hear what your tips and uh, strategies are for running homebrew campaigns. Uh, what the, how do you do it? Do you agree that uh, you, uh, doing it week to week is a good idea? Or do you actually sit down and prep them far ahead of time? And does it work out for you? I, w- I would love to know that. Uh, if uh, you have any kind of suggestions or comments about something like that, you send them to me on Twitter at Dungeon Driver or through email, DungeonDriverPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I will, or, or you can leave a voice message on Anchor. I'd, I'd love to get that thing going because that sounds super cool. Uh, so yeah, let, let me know about that. I really look forward to hearing what you all have to say. Uh, until then, follow me on Twitter at Dungeon Driver. Follow me on Instagram, Dungeon Driver Podcast. And send in your question, topics, and suggestions to DungeonDriverPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, so until next time, I don't have a sign off. Thank you.